What is up, Red Dolphin Podcast listeners? Welcome to episode 007, where I am here with one of my childhood best friends, Cam Crouch. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about some of the pressures that you have as a quarterback, what it would be like to be recruited as a quarterback, or even as an athlete in general. Cam talks about some of the adversities that he's had, what he's overcome, and we talk a little bit about business and some business classes. Cam said he had some struggles with that. So if you're worried or thinking about getting into business, if you're an athlete, if you're looking to get better, if you're looking to find some advice and find that edge, this podcast is for you. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening, and we're going to get right into today's episode. Yes, sir. Let's get it. Cameron Crouch, how's it going? It's going good, Jack. How you doing, man? Dude. Cam, I don't even know where we're supposed to start. What's up, Dickman? Um, Cam, we've known each other since when? Our, was it our sophomore or our junior year of high school? Dude, I feel like I've known you since like eighth grade. <laughs> I feel uh, like it went way back. Do you think the eighth grade formative years are like big? Like how big were you? What was your formative moment in eighth grade? Formidable moment? Yeah, like what made you scambeasy? I wasn't scambeasy in eighth grade. I was more like a young kid trying to find himself in a, in a very difficult athletic environment at I mean, Greenville. You, you were nearly dunking a basketball by seventh grade. Yeah. So, like, did you know by a young age you had, like, a big ceiling with your uh, athletics? Well, I, knew, I, I had no idea I was going to peak. Like, <laughs> in seventh grade, I peaked completely in every athletic aspect of my life. So, like, I wish I could go back. to. So, peak. taking a step back, you'd say that seventh grade was bigger for you than, uh, than eighth grade. I'd say seventh grade was bigger for me than, like, my senior year of high school. Really? Yeah. Wow. I, you know, that's a good peak, man. But, I hope you surmount it soon. I mean, that was, like, what, eight years ago? That was a while ago. That was a while ago, but uh, all right, Cam. Good. So I want to I want to kind of talk about because part of the reason why we're making this podcast is to inspire young people, maybe just getting coming into college or maybe they're in college now. They had successful careers. They're trying to like transition into being like you know kind of having that name that they had like from when they were in high school and to having it now. And obviously, like there's differences between like high school and college or when you're 17 versus when you're 23. But what was your big moment that, like, you kind of realized, I mean, quarterback at your school, first playoff whenever, what was that like, and what was your big moment in high school? Well, I'd say, honestly, it all started my freshman year. Um, I was in a weird situation coming in with a senior ahead of me, and he was a four-year starter. And I feel like the biggest moment for me and, like, growth opportunity for me was when I ended up uh, taking his job about halfway through the season. Great guy, by the way. He taught me everything I knew. But, like, for me, I feel like that was, like, the most, like, monumental moment and uh, growth opportunity for me in general when talking about high school. But, uh, yeah, moving into my senior year in that first playoff win, to go 105 years at Granville and not have a single playoff win, like, that is a outstanding statistic. So the fact that, we were, that my class was able to achieve that was probably – Amazing feeling. Hey, man, say what you want about a Fredericktown, but uh, looks like I got more playoff wins under my belt. Hey, you guys had a state championship run, but okay, Final Four. Uh, Elite Eight. Elite Eight. Is what they say. Same thing. Yeah, but okay, so taking that high school experience, you know, being the man of quarterback, and then you're coming into your freshman year at an NAIA school, what was, what was like some of the hard transitions that you had? Dude, I'd say the hardest transition that I had when I first got here I feel like the relationships, like, just came as, like, you and I both committed. We, you and I met probably some of the cool, like, some of our tightest friends since we've been here. We met Brian, like, day one. We merch. Met, merch. We, uh, we met a lot of guys, a lot of the guys that we hang out with now, day one. And um, I'd say the most tough part, though, was just adjusting to, like, the playbook, adjusting to, like, the speed of the game and adjusting to just, like, 
just being a part of a community like this. I, I wasn't I wasn't used to being a part of a community like this when we first came in. So, mm. yeah. and you say you say playbook. I think a lot of the young guys like coming in, transitioning from high school to college, they kind of overlook like the playbook aspect. Yep. I mean, I could probably name three route concepts that we ran in in high school ball, but then you jump to college and it's like you have you're going through like 10 new plays of practice that you're expected to perfect. How did you deal with that? And if you did anything bad, what would you have done differently to better adapt to that? Um, just preparation in general. I feel like uh, my freshman year, I was really hard on myself when your freshman year should definitely be like more laid back. Like you're going to make a lot of mistakes. You're coming in. There's a lot of uh, adversity that you're going to face just adjusting to like a new lifestyle, adjusting to new people, adjusting to a school schedule too. And on top of all that, you're hitting a football field and you're expected to know every single intricate detail of every play. Intricate, I like that. Yeah, that's a big word for me. You <laughs> sound so professional. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you for sure. Appreciate that, bro. So when you make that transition, you're doing four hours a day. First of all, you're here before anybody else is on campus. Uh, you know, people have their fun doing whatever. Um, you're with your boys. You see a lot of guys leaving. What do you think the main difference is between the people who stick out and stay and decide to get better, make it through fall camp, and the people who uh, end up leaving early because, you know, other reasons. What differences do you see in guys there? Um, That's a great question. And to be honest, I've seen a lot of guys leave and become very successful outside of football. I've seen a lot of guys leave here and uh, went to a different school and played and were really successful. But I think, I think our class had what? five six guys stick it through out of yeah a, probably like i know it's darn near close to single digits yeah and we had like for sure 50 guys come in 45 50 guys for sure so like i feel like the guys that did stick it out are i'd say reaping the benefits of just the culture and the life lessons that this university and program teaches so yeah and i mean any college athlete knows that when you get into college meetings like it's pretty much the same stuff every single meeting you don't understand, like, when you're there every single week in every single meeting, like, it literally gets ingrained into your brain. Like, you actually start to embody. Like, you might, everybody makes jokes about it and whatnot, but you actually start to embody, like, what you're actually doing, you know? Oh, absolutely. I feel like everything the coaches have talked about in meetings since freshman year, they've been nailed into our brains all the way throughout. And you honestly, the older you get and the longer that you're here, the more you see that stuff getting applied. So, I mean, it's definitely helped me since I've been here. Absolutely. And, like, another weird thing is, like, we're goofballs, dude, right? For sure. We were goofballs since, like, junior of high school. And then we come in. I still feel like the same goofball, but it's just, like, I kind of have a little more mature mindset with, like, I would say the professional side, but, like, I'm still the same idiot, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You haven't changed a bit, dude. <laughs> You've matured a little bit, but, bro. <laughs> we're still kids. Dude. Yeah, we're still kids at heart, as you should be. As you should be. So, Cam, you're a business major. Can you kind of talk to explain what your day-to-day -day life is, maybe class load, classes that you don't like, maybe some classes that you've enjoyed throughout this? Yeah, I'd say uh, I'd say my favorite class that I've taken since I've been here is uh, I'll probably go Org Behavior with Brian Heinrichs. Dude's a menace. He's a great teacher, bro. Great teacher. All he talks about is uh, like life stories and life application. And when you get that from a teacher... It, I feel like it propels you not only in the classroom, but outside of the classroom as well. So, so it sounds like hands-on, having hands-on experience in like learning vicariously through like teachers and whatnot in the business world, like that's big. Oh, it's huge. It's huge. Absolutely. And you're going to see a lot of those situations, <clears throat> excuse me, pop up uh, 
later on down the road. So, yeah, I think he uh, really prepared me, especially with, uh, like, presentation skills as well. He makes you really uncomfortable in the class, which uh, really pushes you to be great. Yeah, I remember seeing Cam. Cam would literally be pacing back and forth in the apartment room, just, like, reciting these quizzes. And I thought he'd do it, like, just being funny, but, like, no, Cam's actually locked in doing it. What, what do you think the biggest uh, challenge is for somebody who thinks they want to go into business and they're not quite sure? I think, I wouldn't say there's much of a challenge in general. I feel like <laughs> business is a pretty easy major. So they like, do say that business is an easy major. It's pretty easy, so like, I'm not going to speak on GPAs or anything. <laughs> but it's, it's, pretty, it's a pretty easy major. Nothing too crazy. So Have you found anything like challenging though? Anything challenging? Like, I, I feel like there's some math classes in there that, that can kind of get hard. Finite mathematics. I don't know if that's a gen ed or a business class or what, bro, but that is... No, but I don't wish that upon anybody. That's the hardest class I think I've ever taken, so... Mm. All right. <laughs> Cam, you mentioned earlier about being too hard on yourself your freshman year. How often do you think kids uh, put too much pressure on them when they're, like, you know, trying to get recruited to big schools a junior, a senior, that might be the big man on campus in their high school. How, what, what, would you, what advice would you give to a kid who might be a little too hard on themselves? Or what are some signs that a guy is being too hard on themselves? Yeah, so the signs of a guy that's being too hard on themselves, the first thing that they do when they get on campus, circa, I feel like what I did, my expectations were through the roof. I was way too overconfident, way too cocky, and that just diminished me week in and week out like I just got humbled I, I saw a lot of situations where I was getting humbled over and over and over again and you really got to just reel it back and reel it in and uh yeah just uh be yourself in general what's the is it hard to like find your groove of like who you really are as a player because obviously any any kid come to a college program you want to be confident going in for sure for sure and it kind of sounds like you're alluding to like the fine line between confident and cocky what what do you think makes that fine line I think if you're confident in yourself, it's a mental game that you play, I feel like. But the more confident that you're in yourself, the more but you can't like show it like like out, I guess. Like you can't puff your chest out and be walking around like I'm that guy, you feel like okay. like you gotta be I feel like to yourself and you have to know that like you're able to achieve things mentally on an individual level. So So you're saying like you know, be confident in, in your ability and your preparation, but don't don't go up acting like you're the big tough guy. Exactly. The big hot, hot stuff on campus. Cause exactly. I think, do you think like some guys come here and they have that problem, they kind of walk with their chest too big? Yeah. What it, I mean, what's that look like in a quarterback? You can give some examples if you want, feel free. I feel like intrinsically a quarterback needs to be extremely confident in their mental, like they can't waver in their mental game. Like, their, their mental game has to be above a lot of people. But there's, like, a moxie that quarterbacks carry. I think that's a great word for it. Um, that a lot of guys have to believe in you. You feel me? Yeah, you get so like, a team on you. If you're not looking confident, a lot of guys are going to look at you and not be confident in what we're doing schematically in the program. I feel like that, that moxie is extremely important to hold on that base level. What so. are some tips and tricks you give to a guy to be like, hey, this this is how you do it? I mean, it's really a learning. It's like trial and error, I feel like, especially coming in as a freshman. Like, great guy, name dropping, Jordan Lawton. 
amazing dad the goat dude um everybody was telling me stories about how like he was just like tough on like young quarterbacks and stuff but he really brought me in with open arms and really taught me the ropes of what it's like to be a quarterback here at this university and uh in general he kind of like paved the path for me of what to do and what not to do and uh obviously the quarterbacks before him as well that are a little bit older than me helped me out with that as well but there's you could talk about it for days on different approaches you can take so i don't know it really depends on the personality type and stuff like that so you think knowing your personality is probably would you put that number one? Oh yeah for sure I'd, I'd probably rank that at the top knowing your personality and knowing how to interact and lead guys on an effective level mm. so but you gotta know yourself first exactly know yourself to lead yourself that's yeah. beautiful Shout out Coach Heyman. Coach Heyman. Coach Renfro. Yep. Cam. Coach Salty, too. Don't forget Coach Salty. Coach Salty said that? Yeah, Coach Keaton also said that. Really? Did Coach Gardy ever say that? Coach Gardy said it. I think he whispered it one time. <laughs> I've heard him say it, though. Hey, uh, Cam. Um, <laughs> shout out, Gardy. <laughs> you just got to know yourself to lead yourself. Exactly. Exactly. This can't be easy. Let's take a step back here. All okay. Right, let's do it. When you came here, you know, uh, you know, you registered your freshman year, sophomore season, uh is that that was our COVID year right uh yeah you didn't get the bid uh David Hutton took the job so you're the backup quarterback then yep and then our junior year uh you know expecting to get the job again obviously you're always expecting to be the starting quarterback you don't get it for sure so so you're down number two on the depth chart going into your junior year and then our quarterback goes down David goes down and then you're all of a sudden the man what did you find to be the most challenging part about that? And what did you find out? Where did where did you find out that you were competent and that you were ready? I feel like <clears throat> that's a great question. I feel like I had gotten very minimal reps before that situation had happened. Um, I know my sophomore year, I was third string behind Joel. And uh, I would watch David a lot and the way David carried himself on the field. And uh David's a great role model at the quarterback position. Like a great role model at the quarterback. Great role model. Exactly. Love that kid to death. But, um, yeah, just watching him and just taking mental reps, moving into that injury that really unfortunately happened to David, um, he really helped me out and guided me in a lot of the situations because my responsibility level from going from a backup went from about – pretty low to extremely high yeah. so there's a lot more on my plate you're expected to perform exactly because you're doing everything as a starting quarterback would as far as preparation as a backup you're just not actually playing on the Saturday. exactly exactly like preparation's key especially for a backup that's a cute dog man is that dog always here i don't know man that's the first time i've seen that dog well that's a very nice dog i want one but um yeah sir i got adhd it's bad um bang bang but yeah dude um I just say in general, the responsibility like when you become a starter is way different from a backup. Like as a backup, you can prepare day in and day out, watch as much film as possible. But the way people talk to you, the way people respond to you when you're the starter is on a different level. So mentally, you have to be ready for that and you have to be able to um, adjust to that. So it sounds like, would you say when you came in to be as a freshman, did you expect to like kind of have rivalries with the guys in the quarterback room? I mean, you were obviously you're competing for the starting job. Did you kind of maybe have a little bit of bad blood like beginning going in? 
So I'm not going to lie. My freshman year when in high school, when uh, that situation happened between Kyle and I, the quarterback, who was a senior, from there on out, like that was really the only competition that I really had. We didn't really have a solidified backup quarterback until my senior year when my little brother uh, was a freshman. And there was competition there, brotherly competition. But, yeah, I I really didn't have a quarterback room in high school. So moving into the quarterback room it was a, in uh, college, it was a huge adjustment. And, uh, yeah, it was just brand new to me in general. So, Do you think most guys kind of overlook the fact that, like, those guys that you're in that quarterback room, like, they're going to be your best friends, man? Oh, for sure. And, like, I mean, it's really just mentorship. I mean, every everybody's competing, obviously. But can you kind of take a step back? And when did you realize that, like, hey, I'm not really – I'm not really going against these guys. I'm. We're just all trying to achieve our best. When did that really start to click for you? Yeah, you should never... See, that's another thing my freshman year that I struggled with a lot was always comparing to the guy ahead of you. Always, it's competition, obviously. You're going to compete and you're going to put your head down and grind, but at the same time, it's like... I was always comparing myself to Joel, to David, to Jordan, to... Bailey or whoever I was competing with when, at the, when you should be competing just against yourself and trying to become the best version of yourself through the process so yeah I mean that's all I got on that for real how much time do you spend on film on film game week game week it's a great question um I try to watch an hour a night um I think the most film I've watched in a week was the San Xavier game my junior I think it was my junior year sophomore year junior year I watched, I think, 16 hours of film that week, which is... Cr- I think I remember walking in on the apartment one time, and you were, like, fell asleep, like, with the computer open, plays just running. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't asleep. I was more like, my eyes were still cracking. You were out. Get out of here. <laughs> I might have been out. I might have been out. I don't know if it was that week. It might have been another week. You outworked yourself. And yeah. Just crashed, man. It might have been Judson, dude. That was definitely Judson. Say next week, we were locked, so... Relationships with your teammates. For sure. As a quarterback, being the leader and, you know, being really the face of the program. Before you go into this, I noticed that, like, when I start talking, I'm starting to do this little twirl thing. Yeah, where'd you get that from? And I think I got it from you, bro. That's that's a lie. Yeah, Gambizzi in his finest element. No, no, I think I got that from you. I don't know about that, bro. Put on the thinking cap, you start twirling. <laughs> so, like, being a leader with these guys, these like, of these teammates, you, you got to be the man. Like, workouts, you got to bring it. Yep. Uh, I mean, how do you... How do you re- form those relationships outside of football stuff so that, you know, your guys like you and they like being around you. Yeah. I think that comes down to just personality in general. Um, I feel like workouts and core groups are probably the number one staple within this uh, program and culture that really start to create bonds and relationships in general with guys on the team. So I feel like in those workouts, they bring out a different side of you that guys normally don't see on a basis level for, let's say, doing a podcast or eating at Luddy or just chilling, swimming in the or chilling in the hot tub. But uh, yeah, I feel like those workouts and uh, core groups, like you get on a pretty deep. It's way deeper than surface level. You get on a really deep level in uh those scenarios. So, well, not much as the workouts, but the core groups for sure. Okay. Yep. And Cam, you were a core group leader since your freshman year, correct? Uh, temper. I was temporary freshman year, yeah. Okay, and then you're full time sophomore. Yeah. What as a, as an underclassman, and you're put in a position to lead the upperclassmen, even or you're seen as a leader figure, being a quarterback, core group leader, elected by the team. 
Did you ever have any challenges with like kind of challenging the upperclassmen guys? Uh, at first, definitely. At first, like just being in a room and like not being the guy in general, it was very tough, especially my sophomore year, to challenge those guys. So when you're younger, the high challenge aspect has to come with high support. Like your support level has to be super high. And once you start earning that respect, I feel like in that credibility, then you're able to high challenge a guy, call somebody out, do all of that. Uh, we have Mike Stricker. He's, he's a core group leader in our group now, and he's a sophomore. And he's really, it's awesome watching him just like grow as a leader in that aspect. And he's doing an amazing job uh, with his support right now. And uh, he's starting to challenge guys too in his group. So like his older brother, who's three years older than him, he just transferred in and he's in our group and he's able to, I think that's really helping him being able to challenge him it's awesome to see it's pretty funny as well but he's doing a great job so like i said it's high support when you're younger and then uh the more credibility you build that's when the challenge starts to increase for sure yeah and you mentioned you know high support i think being being a competitive guy like you um i mean i know for me when i was in high school you know i had a high challenge for a lot of my teammates we were going to be good regardless but i think a lot of the times like i I tarnished a bunch of relationships just because like I was always challenging guys without really being supportive behind that. Did you ever have anything like that in high school or did, was the competitive level in high school? Um, I guess I'm, what's the differences between everybody's buying at the high school level versus the college level? Well, to backtrack, if we had you, if you would have transferred <laughs> to Granville in high school and you would have brought that challenge to Granville, I'm not even kidding you. We probably would have made a state championship. You sound like has been. That we are has been. We can't say something. Dude, that would have been the craziest thing ever. But I'm telling you, like, the high school culture that we had, the challenge was very low. And the support was kind of high, but the challenge was very low. We didn't have anybody that was, was like, a super high-challenging guy, which is what our program at the time in high school needed. Mm. So that's what I'm saying. If you would have came in, we would have balled. We would have balled. But uh, you're asking just, like, in general what the difference is between high school and college. The buying of guys, people who want to be there. Yeah, for sure. Um, the culture here is tremendous. That uh, what co- what Coach Hammond's built and the time that he's been here, along with the other coaches, it's something that you don't experience even at other universities. From a camaraderie standpoint, and uh, camaraderie. That's a big, another big word, dude. <laughs> he's two for two. Oh, no. Two for two, three for three. But all, yeah, you just don't get that culture anywhere else, and that's why, like. When I see guys like leave, I'm like, it confuses me. It really does. So for the guys at least who should be sticking around for sure. getting a degree, for sure. getting into because like we said, we see we see guys here all the time leave and go on to great things. Yep, exactly. Which we do see them go on to great things, but there's some guys where I'm like, yeah, I don't know, dude. It's really confusing to me. But pick any choose, you do you. I don't know, bro. So Cam, if you had to give three pieces of advice. To a kid out there who's playing college or who who has dreams of playing college football, you know, who might not be, um, they might be getting some looks by some bigger schools, but, you know, they're starting to feel the pressure. What are you telling to that kid to uh, keep going? Uh, that's a pretty broad question in yeah. general. Um, yeah, let's hit it home. So uh, I'd say my first piece of advice would be to, you're saying just of a kid, like, that's in the recruiting process yeah, currently. Yeah, you know, he wants to get recruited. He wants to get to his dream school. Yep. Just uh, enjoy the process. I feel like that's the thing that a lot of kids don't do 
and they get all puckered up in a, a lot of the situations, whether it's talking to coaches, whether it's going on visits, they're like very like condensed and not themselves. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, as someone that's trying to get a scholarship, I feel like you just got to enjoy the process and enjoy the ride and uh, enjoy the challenge of it. That'd be my first uh, piece of advice. My second piece of advice uh, in recruiting, that's my main one for real. My second one, I'd probably say just uh, get your family involved heavily. I feel like, especially as a kid that's being recruited currently, I feel like if you are starting to create that relationship and talking to that coach constantly, have your family and your parents talk to them and get to know them as well because that's only going to help you and help propel yourself in general. Help you analyze the coaching staff too. Exactly. There's a, a, I've heard horror stories. Luckily, it hasn't been us, but I've heard horror stories of kids getting to schools. They don't like the, the coaches completely flip. Exactly. And your mama, get your mama involved because she can make those reads for real. She can make those reads. That's the most important thing. But yeah, you see guys that like a lot of coaches sugarcoat stuff. You're, uh, you're on a visit. They're like, oh, you're going to be the guy when you come in. Oh, we got three guys ahead of you. <laughs> we have Gatorade and the uh, freaking granola bars constantly being handed out after workouts. Get there. They're not there, man. You're hungry, bro. But like, yeah, there's a lot of sugar cone going on in the recruiting process for sure. So just make sure what you find is real and the, find the genuine people within the process. Absolutely. Mm. Um, third piece of advice, uh, just be you. Don't be anybody else. Don't try to be somebody else. Um, I found myself trying to be my older brother in a lot of the scenarios. Uh, shout out Chase. He played a Chase Crouch. Yep, D one football at uh, Illinois. But um, the Illini. Yeah, I just wasn't really being myself. I was taking a lot of his advice and then trying to reciprocate it in a way to where I was being viewed as him when I wasn't being myself, which is the worst thing you can do. Because we are two completely different people, <laughs> two completely. So, Cam, talking about being yourself. Yep. What is what is something outside of football that you found joy in? You know, outside of being an athlete and Mr. Business Major, fine name, math genius. <laughs> what, I mean, where do you find joy, man? Oh, my God. What would you suggest to other kids, like, trying out? So, I've been gaming since I've been in, like, third grade. Bro, we got the picture of you playing on the Game Boy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. On the end of a bench at a sporting event where my brother was playing, I was playing a Game Boy on the end of the bench looking like a noob. But, uh... Dude, I love Pokemon. I'm into Pokemon cards. I'm into, I played every single game since I've been around like eight years old. Top to bottom, buy every single one. So that's what I like to do outside of football for sure. Just game it. Thank you. Big, you look like Ash Ketchum, low key. With the, if I if Ash had a tooth gap and an underbite, yeah. <laughs> it's handsome though. It's handsome. It is handsome. Cam, any last words you want to give out to the audience? Maybe like a little. Little tidbit, explain a tattoo you got on you. Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> going through tattoos. This one right here, the greater than a less than sign. Uh, oh, I, I never knew what that was. I was always too scared to ask. I know everybody. It's, fr- it's literally from finite math. I loved it so much. I got a tattoo <laughs> on me. But uh, nah, it's uh, John three thirty. He must be greater. I must be less. Oh, I didn't. Um, even that. Stephen Curry also has this tattoo. I thought it was pretty raw. And uh, uh, the player for the for the Bulls. Yeah, for the Chicago Bulls, Stephen Curry. Yeah. He was really good with Scottie Pippen back in the day. Yeah, number twenty three. Yeah, I thought he was twenty four. He switched from eight to twenty four. I think you're talking about uh, Kobe Bean. No, that's Shaquille O'Neal. Not thinking about Tom Chambers, Phoenix Suns. Yeah. Well, um, LeBron actually got drafted out of high school. I'm not sure if you knew that. Ohio State, yeah. 
Yeah, well, he, see, he went to Ohio State, decommitted, yeah. went to Kentucky, decommitted, and then he decided he was going to go to West Virginia. No way. I thought that was Manute Bowl. It may have been. I, may have been. I get him confused all the time. Yeah, dude, I, Obamba, I didn't even know he was a basketball player. I thought he was a rapper. <laughs> I thought they made a rap song about him. That's what I was saying. Which one was harder as prime, John Wall or uh, John Wall or Mo Bamba? Like for song, for songs. So <clears throat> generationally, I feel like if we were to bomb John Wall right now, it would go way harder than really? whatever Mo Bamba. I think that's a hot take. I think Mo Bamba was a crude song that should have never been played. That is, that is, and and just a straight up lie. I mean, everybody has their opinions, but that a little. That right there. Yeah, I guess how do you dance to Mo Bamba? You can't. You just got to rave. It's a rave song. <laughs> it's not even a rave song. It's just a hype song. You stick your tongue out and just jump around, right? It's kind of hard, though. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Cam and I's conversation today. I hope you found something about this episode insightful. If you would, please share this with somebody who you could see finding this useful. And uh, as always, make it a great one.